0: Guwan everybody. Welcome to the Dis Afimi History podcast, where we'll be speaking about history and as well family history and how history relates in terms of Caribbean people um, for the present as well as in the past and how in the past, what that does and brings forth for what we are going through at present and what we can learn from our history, from our family, and take that moving forward. So I do hope you enjoy the podcast, and if you like it, please ensure to subscribe, like, and review. Thank you. In this episode, I will be speaking to Jennifer S.H. Brown, a retired history professor at the University of Winnipeg, who, with her late husband, William B. Brown, wrote the book about her five-times great-grandfather, Colonel William Marsh of Manchester, Vermont, who was a patriot and a loyalist. And we talk about the book as well as the connection to the Marshes in Jamaica. So let's have a listen
1: at the University of Chicago. But my my research um, was historical or ethno-historical as as we call it, um, on relations between indigenous people and and fur traders and also missionaries to some extent. And uh, so I ended up at the University of Winnipeg for 28 years um, teaching um, native history or Indian history as it was called back Mm -hmm. in and then native and then aboriginal history yeah. and then indigenous. It's fascinating how the names have changed over exactly. time. And uh, but uh, that was my main uh, career. But uh, Wilson, my husband, was always really interested in family history, his own as well as mine. Mm-hmm. And we got into the story of William Marsh and just realized there was a really interesting historical um, story to be told that we hadn't realized at all. You know, you start out with an ancestor and William Marsh was my five times (laughs) great-grandfather. Yes, (laughs) And and then, you know, that was all we knew. And then a few places he was connected with and people and so on. But my great uncle um, in Toronto, And then my father were really interested in him because that was their line. Yes. And and then uh, Wilson retired a few years, several years before I did. And he really got into this story. And uh, by the time I retired, we decided we were ready to see if we could write a book or put, put the whole thing together as best we could.
0: Oh, wonderful. So that's how you got into the whole writing the book. That's great. And, and then can you just tell us, I guess, how did, how did that all start off for how you were able to then document and, and kind of trace out how you wanted to plan for the book?
1: Well, we had some family documents to go on, some family records and, and also stories. And the stories are important, the oral stories, even if you know, sometimes historians kind of dismiss them, but you really want to listen to them carefully because there are grains of truth. There are clues to be followed. And so I think the oral history aspect is is really interesting and important. So, um, you know, and and, and then then too, it's a trans-border story.
0: Yes. Your
1: stories are. So um, you're getting stories from different angles, different countries. And how do you put that all together? Well, again, you have to listen for the clues. And, you know, in the Marsh case, the American side, had different stories to tell than the canadian side but they both had reasons for the stories they told and um, so you can begin to document sometimes from written records but of course the internet has been a huge blessing for doing this kind of work and uh, it's amazing now what you can find you find an awful lot of nonsense yes but, <laughs> but, uh, but the, the main the materials that have been sometimes put online the, the the connections and also the um the family interest that has grown now Marsh had ten children wow uh, eight of them grew to have families of their own mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you calculate from the late 1700s there they' Probably a few thousand cousins out there, descendants, as yes. with the with people you've been tracing, yes. <laughs> yes. and um, so there's there's a lot of interest if you begin to connect with the families and and the cousins and and they're willing to uh, to talk, and um, so that's one, resection of people out there who, sooner or later, would be really interested to see it. So we did it for them as well.
0: Oh, definitely. I, I'm pretty sure with um, you know some of your stories and what was the most I guess intriguing thing that you've come across uh, from the oral stories that you've heard and then the documents? Did they always match? Or as you said, there's a only a, a, usually a string of truth with some of that uh, oral. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, they, they 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 of course didn't always match and sometimes they they really seemed at odds, and then we found ways to reconcile. And um, one of the most interesting things, now you've seen the book. Yes. Uh, so on the back cover is a picture of uh, William Marsh's gravestone yes. in Dorset, Vermont. And, and the gravestone itself is a fascinating document for several reasons. Um, we found it, I think, in 2004. And it was kind of fortuitous. We we knew that the marshes were connected with that immediate area, the East Dorset, Vermont. And um, so we got a motel room not far, just down the road from East Dorset, and started poking around. And we went into the East Dorset uh, cemetery. Yeah. We knew he was buried up there, I think. And We came across this stone, this gravestone, and it was just an amazing thing to see. Because uh, if, if, you know, if you're doing it uh, this as a podcast or whatever, want to put up a picture of the gravestone, be great. I will. Yeah, but there there are two plaques on it, one from the uh, uh, Sons of the American Revolution, and one from the Loyalists, the uh, United Empire Loyalists in uh, Ontario, and. um, uh, the Revolution plaque is is older, um, but the people, the Loyalists in Ontario, were really interested in in uh, William Marsh because he crossed borders. He he was in Vermont for quite a long time and working with uh, people in Vermont to try to establish Vermont ideally as a as a state, but the um, Americans weren't having having it because. Uh, the New Yorkers really objected to Vermont being be given the status of a of a state in the new, the almost new country, yeah. and um, so there was quite a, a conflict about that. And the Yorkers, as they called them, were trying to claim land that the Vermonters were trying to claim from New Hampshire because Vermont didn't exist yet. Um, so it's a complex story. People have yeah. to look at the book to follow it all. But in any case, um, Marsh started out as a real advocate for Vermont and and its independence. And indeed, Vermont was an independent republic from uh, 1777 to 1791 because the Americans weren't having it. (laughs) And finally, Vermont got status as as a state. Um, But in the meantime, the Vermonters, for quite a while, um, first they w- were with the Americans, with the revolution, uh, hoping that that would work out. And then Vermont's right next door, of course, to um, Quebec and, and uh, Canada. And so a lot of the Vermonts, Vermonters went over to the, the British side, as Marsh did, and he went north, he was exiled, and he went north and worked with the British for a number of years. So um, he had, there was justification for him having the, the American uh, Revolutionary plaque because he was on that side for a couple of years. And then um, the loyalists found out about him. And, and sometime later, I, I don't know exactly when, I think it was quite late in the early 1900s or so a bunch of loyalists from Ontario came down and, and got a plaque attached, the other plaque attached to the gravestone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know of any other gravestone that has two plaques from the two sides on it, <laughs> but the symbolism of course is, is wonderful.
0: Yeah.
1: The other side of him that came out from the stone, and we pursued that to an extent, if, if one looks at the top of the stone, it's absolutely covered with about a dozen um, Freemason symbols. And Freemasonry um, became very important to his life, more important than any church connection. And um, the Freemasons were very interesting. And I don't know whether you find them active down in, in Jamaica. I would bet you do. Yes, yes, they are. And they cross boundaries in very interesting ways. And there are stories in the American Revolution of Freemasons on the American and the British side kind of recognizing each other as brothers because they were Masons and maybe deciding to treat each other well <laughs> instead of killing each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that aspect of the story was really interesting too. So I, I think overall, it's just fascinating how how these stories do cross boundaries in all sorts of ways across the generations in ways that we wouldn't have suspected and, and that wouldn't have been studied probably yes. 20 or 30 years ago. Absolutely. And, you know, and now, now we're realizing we're all connected
0: and uh, can you just name some of the some of the places in Canada? Because you mentioned Quebec and Ontario, but where exactly geographically that some of the family had been in in Canada?
1: Well, a lot of the uh, loyalists they went to different places. Of course, they went to uh, no- uh, Nova Scotia. They 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 were, there were thousands of them that had to leave for for various good reasons. So a, a great many went to Nova Scotia. Some. But a number went to Ontario or Upper Canada, as it was called at the time. And um, of course, there are issues with that because um, the treaties with the indigenous people in the area were were just being made or not yet made. And um, of course, the indigenous people were not consulted well. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so the British um, laid out settlement areas particularly around the Bay of Quinty in um, Ontario, which is on, it's right on Lake Ontario mm-hmm. and uh, Belleville and uh, some of the other current towns, they have a lot of strong loyalist roots. So that's where the Marshes went and several members of their uh, family, the, the children. William Marsh himself went back to, uh, to Vermont because his father had stayed there and it's kind of interesting how people hold on to things because um, the land, the farmland that the marshes had um, got put into his father's name. So his father never drew attention as a loyalist or a suspect character. And so the, the marsh land, uh, a lot, some, some of it was confiscated in men. In, uh, in Manchester, Vermont, but in Dorset, they hung on. And so Marsh himself went back and, and died there in 1816. Um, but the children, meanwhile, some of them had gotten land in, in Ontario and they settled there and that's how my grandfather and father and so on um, ended up staying there. And that's that's my connection.
0: Oh wow, that's just amazing! And then those connections in present day—is it still half? Most of the families, some are in the United States, some are in in Canada, in various places.
1: Well, uh, the Marshes seem to disappear from Vermont. Okay. Um, all of the children went in different directions. Canada, um, some of them in the next generation, they settled in um, in Wisconsin, uh, New York, and so on. So they settled on the American side and. We've been in touch with some of those cousins, um, but most importantly, the ones who, who retained the stories about William Marsh and his family. They they were in Southern Ontario, and uh, and then uh, so we worked with them, and worked with uh, the loyalists. Some of them who some of them are indefatigable researchers yeah. <laughs> of their families and and their their loyalist connections and they celebrate loyalism like mad sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but they've done a lot of good research and yeah. and I think that's another thing to bring out is that uh, historians are sometimes sniffy about genealogical research, but but good genealogical research is is, is fundamental to progress in these areas and. And good genealogists are always checking their information with each other and cross-checking. And does this stand up? Is this nonsense? Is this wrong? And and they figure out what's reliable and what's not.
0: Yes, always double 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 checking and always re-looking back to right. make sure it makes sense and the timeline makes sense. And because I know there's a section, I guess, at the end of the book where you mentioned in terms of all the ancestors of William Marsh, and you kind of documented it there. And of course, the slight connection uh, to the marshes in Jamaica. are Is that something you're still pursuing or is in terms of that type of finding out that type of connection?
1: I really haven't pursued the earlier material at all. Um, there's one uh, cousin who lives in California who actually came to visits a few years ago, who was very interested in the earlier connections from Connecticut backwards, and um, I gave him what I had on Connecticut because I was in no position to go on with this work myself. My husband died in in uh, 2017, and. Um, he he was the expert, and he was the one who was who was really into this yes. <laughs> and i i i delighted in the results, but i never was into generating the results myself <laughs> <laughs> and he was the one with all the connections and contacts and correspondence with the uh, with genealogists and so on so um I, i've i've followed more into more recent times because um one of the, the major family descended from the marshes in Ontario was a family named Young.
0: Okay. And,
1: um, particularly a, a missionary Methodist missionary, uh, Edgerton Ryerson Young, who was my great grandfather. And my father was really interested in him. And uh, I got more involved in following the later generations of that family because I had a lot of documentation for them. And again, I had cousins who were interested, and I've I've published a fair bit on the on the Youngs, um, uh, and uh, a couple of books that, that touch on them quite a bit. Um, but no, I never went backwards uh, beyond that.
0: No, that's that, that's fine because maybe I should, as I said I will you no know, continue to share with what I have, and maybe we can find some sort of common ancestor because they're. Because I know from when your husband was alive, there was certain themes that came up that he saw that comparison to what I had sent to him via another relative. Um, and, but nothing definitive as to what could be pinpointed to say for sure, this common ancestor is what we have in common.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But, yep. uh, but no, I wanted to thank you though. I really do appreciate your time. Uh, for coming on and speaking about your book, which I'll put up so everyone will be able to see that and I'll put that in the show notes. So that can be linked where if people want to purchase it or get it from the library, they can. The book is here.
1: <laughs> yeah, It's readily available, print on demand, yes. on Amazon. Yeah. And so, it's
0: quite, quite an interesting read in terms of with all the history to see all the connections as to how everything goes from, you know, again, the relationship between Ontario and in New York and in Quebec um, is quite interesting.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Well, um, the stories are there to be uncovered. It takes a yeah. lot of digging, but it's very rewarding when yes. you put the pieces together. And again, I think it's It's a good thing for us because we begin to realize how we are all related. There have been a lot of trials and tribulations along the way, but um, that's, again, part of the history that we deal with.
0: Definitely, so thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to have to leave with any final thoughts for folks?
1: Uh, I
0: don't
1: know. So Hope much. you enjoyed um, this
0: episode, and if you did, please make sure to the, like, I follow, subscribe, the, uh, and write a review for the episode I, I wherever you listen and, um, to your podcast. Any,
1: Thank any you. Any questions you have, you know, but just get back to me anytime or yes. any of the people you're in touch with who, who have questions, because I'm glad to be part of this this uh, network.